Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the bright lights. Look at the bright lights. With tonight's guest, author of Enough As You Are and Big Love, Scott Stabile. And performance guest, Rita Monte. I am Mark Lejeur, and now our host, the MC, the master of change, Filippo Voltaggio. There is a comment I often hear. Actually, I, I hear it shared amongst people in conversation, and I hear it uh, quite often in conversation, as well as by our guests during our pre-shows, during our calls, and I I hear, you can ask me anything, I'm an open book. And it sounds something like that. And almost invariably, almost, uh, I'll say, oh, well, then I was thinking we could talk about, oh, no, I don't want to talk about that, I've heard many times. Or we'll get into conversation and then they'll go deeper into the conversation and then they'll say, but this is not for the show or this is not for the air. I have to say that in a pre-show call with our guest tonight, I think this is maybe the first time, uh, if not, then one of the first times that somebody says to me, I'm an open book. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say, I'm willing to talk about anything and everything and then went on to say, you could ask me anything. And I believe him. Like for the first time, I think, truly, this person, there's probably nothing I could ask him that he won't attempt to answer. And then I thought, okay, I intuitively sense that. But then again, Thanks to my friend and our friend, Will Peterson, our collective friend also at the Life Changes Show, who gifted me Big Love, our guest's first book, uh, The Power of Living with a Wide Open Heart. Of course, it makes sense. And it feels like that this man is living in that truth. And so interestingly enough, Mike Robbins wrote about that book, who incidentally was uh, our 38th guest on the Life Changes show many, many years ago, actually. He wrote about Big Love. Big Love is heartbreaking, hilarious, and entirely real. I saw parts of my life in every one of Scott's stories, and that is perhaps the greatest gift of this book, that he writes so openly about the struggles so many of us experience but hesitate to express. And he does so with an incredible compassion, insight, and authenticity. And we'll also talk about 
our guest's second book, Enough As You Are, which interestingly enough, our 633rd guest, Lisa McCourt, says, build yourself a temple of these pages and go there as often as you can. Buy a spa day there. She's so funny. Do it until your belief in each message is as rooted and immutable as an oak tree, and you will have done yourself the greatest kindness. And in so doing, you will have done a great kindness for all the world. Can't wait to get into this conversation. Wow, powerful conversation. And you know, what I was thinking about while you were talking is is the notion that you reach peace once you see everything as God, when you see everything from a place of love. When mm. You can actually love all aspects of a of a story. And but I don't want to talk about that tonight. <laughs> no, we're going to talk it, about it in a big way. As a matter of fact, the episode is titled exactly like the book Big Love Living with a Wide Open Heart, episode 771 featuring our interview guest who is passionate love advocate, workshop leader, author of Enough as You Are and Big Love. Welcome Scott Stabile to the Life Changes show. Oh, thank you so much, Filippo. You know, I want to just sh shut myself up and not answer your questions now. That introduction. <laughs> you are I'm not funny. willing to talk about that. <laughs> nope, can't Thank go you. there. <laughs> Let me say, really, though, that was the most thoughtful and beautiful introduction I've ever gotten so thank you so much for that uh well it was heartfelt and i i really enjoyed uh, our connection and conversation and uh i i i have to say it it just it took me to the book and as a matter of fact it took me to uh, a particular phrase living in your truth mm. so obviously that's what it means but tell us more about this living in your truth for me, it, it means getting honest with ourselves about what feels authentic and what feels conditioned. And as much as possible, acting in alignment with what feels authentic. You know, in my experience of life, my own life and witnessing others, we are conditioned from the time we are such little people to believe specific things and do specific things and love in specific ways. And as soon as we start to come into what feels most true for us, there's this, you know, conflict between what it is we want to do and what it is we've been told is right to do. And no human being can fit within the container of that kind of conditioning. And so for me, part of the journey of life, and I, I see it at least for myself as a lifelong journey, is taking the time to get really honest and reflect on the words I'm saying, the actions I'm taking. Are these in alignment with my heart? Are they in alignment with what feels most true for me? And if so, beautiful. Am I courageous enough to speak in that alignment and live my life according to that authentic place? And at the same time, looking at the places where I maybe am not courageous enough in the moment and I'm aligning with what feels more like a conditioned response and as much as possible and offering myself as much grace as possible because transcending conditioning is incredibly difficult, you know, like just consider the beauty standard alone and what we are told is beautiful and how hard it is 
to truly look at yourself in the mirror, no matter who you are, no matter who's listening, to actually stand in front of the mirror and look at your naked body and see it as something wholly beautiful just as it is. For I would say 9.9 out of 10 of us, that's almost an impossibility. Even those of us who are really good at loving ourselves, and that is because we've been told for a lifetime by a whole source of, of sources, that's bad. That's not a great sentence, but you know, anyway, so a whole, a whole group of people that what it means to be beautiful. And so even though you know that's nonsense, even though you can understand that to try to define a beauty standard as any one thing is so wholly ridiculous, it's still very difficult when you've been told since the time you were three or four, you know, by marketing agencies and by your parents or caregivers and by your, your fellow students and colleagues what it is to be beautiful, how do you get over believing yourself as ugly when you don't fit into those narrow parameters right so along with acknowledging our conditioning and as much as possible doing our best to nudge ourselves into alignment with what feels true let's be really really gentle and graceful and generous with ourselves when we're not able to do so because um, that's part of this human journey as well and for me that is like self-love in action when we can look at ourselves and see that in this moment i'm not willing to be as courageous as i would like to be or as self-loving as i would like to be and still acknowledge my humanity within it and that it's totally okay and i'm still worthy and still enough as i am so scott <laughs> yeah sorry was that was that too long of an answer you can no, shut me up at any point <laughs> no it was too long of a pause on my end because i i have tears in my eye and i'm emotional because i know what i'm going to ask you because listening to your answer that comes from the person who experienced what i read in the first couple of chapters that um gosh um so you know what i'm asking about how you know sure. how how you got from there to here so tell us what there is well there is was losing my parents at 14 to murder they were shot to death in a store that like a convenience store slash fruit market that they owned in detroit they and one of their employees were murdered um, prior to the store opening um so that's the very heavy you know very traumatic there and you know in our, in our pre-interview we were talking a little bit about this and and how i got to you know i think it's impossible to extract aspects of your life when you're considering how you got to where you are now so i i really believe that everything i've lived has played a part in my becoming who i am right it's all part of the recipe of who i am today and at the same time I could never say with with confidence or certainty that had I not lost my parents in that way, I wouldn't have arrived in, in a similar place, meaning I remember myself as being a very compassionate and open hearted kid, you know, even before my parents died. And so it's possible for me to see myself becoming an adult who makes a lot of noise for love and has priori prioritized talking about love is our most powerful healing force in the world. 
Mm. Um, and at the same time, I only have lived the experience I've lived and it's taken me here. So maybe it was in part because of what I've gone through. I don't, I don't really know, you know, because the, 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 there was the there and then the there and then the there and then the then, you know, because sure. that's just things just get compounded upon each other. Uh, and so it, it, things just got piled on and uh, you, you, you lived it. Uh, as, as, as you said, you don't know how much of that was conscious, but when did you start to say, I, I need to live consciously or I have to get conscious? In my 20s, I would say, and I moved to San Francisco after college in Michigan, where I grew up and got a job at this new age gift shop in the Haight-Ashbury of San Francisco. And it turned out that many of my coworkers and the owner and the manager, most of them were disciples of this guru who lived in Marin County. And they all became very close friends of mine. And it was only a matter of time before I wanted to meet the guru. So I essentially became involved in a spiritual cult. And, and the which is another the, there, which was another there. That was a big there for sure. That was a I would say that was a more critical there in terms of me taking the direction of my life that I'm in now than anything else, because the, the overall message, I mean, we were all chasing enlightenment in that cult and our, we believed our guru to be enlightened and he was guiding us on this path to enlightenment. But within that, the overall messaging was love, right? Like just love. And, and I really came to understand my goodness, when I am, when I am connecting to the energy of love and I see love as just an energy that's alive within us and outside of us and is available to us all the time. And when I, when I was started to pay attention, what I saw is that whenever I was connecting with that energy, I felt most at home in my being. I felt most connected to God. I felt good right? Like it was like every time I would choose love. And it's so often a difficult choice to make, especially when you have a jerk in front of you who's maybe disrespecting you or you're, you're cut off in traffic and we, we instinctively go to this place of rage or judgment. But every time I could nudge my way back to love, I felt at home in myself. And that was really, that really came alive for me in my 20s in this spiritual community. Mm. You know, I, as I'm thinking of the the various theirs that I read about in the book and that we talked about, and, and we, you said something about trauma is built into the experience here. Yes, I really believe that. I mean, it, for for everybody listening, I I feel confident that I can say you have had to some degree a tra traumatic aspects of your childhood. There are things that happened in your childhood and things that, that may, may, it may have been one sentence spoken to you by someone who is important in your life that set you on a trajectory that you may not have ever 
been on had you not heard that statement. I was at a wedding a few years ago, sitting next to a woman and we went out to dance and I said, hey, would you like to join us dancing? And she says, oh, I don't dance. And we get, we started talking about it later. And she said that when she was a little girl, her uncle was visiting and she was dancing around the house. And he said to her that she looked ridiculous when she mm -hmm. danced in that one comment, mm -hmm. that one comment set in motion for her a lifetime of not dancing. And it, it may sound big to call that moment traumatic, but if you understand the joy and freedom that comes from dancing, you I think you might agree that it actually is traumatic if something stunts that innate impulse in you. And that's just one small example from one human being's life that we can all relate to in our own ways from our own circumstances. Mm. Not to mention the heavier traumas that I suspect most of us have dealt with in some way. Where are you with forgiveness? <laughs> I, I love how you drew that word out. <laughs> well, I was just wondering if you had a couple hours <laughs> as I was asking. That would have been a good one for video if you could see him ask the question. <laughs> I'm not asking this, am I? No. I'm really hyper talking to you. I'm like, I feel like I've had a lot of caffeine um, in a good way. Where am I with forgiveness? I'm in a great place with forgiveness. Oh, good. Okay, my next question uh, for yeah. our guest. I'm a, <laughs> do you want me to say a little more about A little more is fine, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of forgiveness. You know, for for me, forgiveness is an act of love. So when I'm in my heart, the communication is always so clear. And that's what I appreciate so much about centering in my heart, because it's always to love, which means it's always to forgive. My heart doesn't see anything as unforgivable. And I, I will share a story with you that I think illustrates illustrates this well. You know, the when when i was 14 and my parents were murdered the i wasn't thinking about forgiveness you know the man who murdered my parents has been in prison since then this was in 1985 and for years when i would think about him it was with hatred and and vengeance and imagining you know awful scenarios of him dying and this is what came up for me when i would think about him and that seemed entirely okay and normal and of course what else would i think about the man who killed my parents and then in my in my 20s as i started to you know connect with love more and understand the power of it i would think about this man and i would still feel this tightness in my chest and these hateful thoughts would still come up and i said to myself I need to find a different way to be in relationship with this experience. And mm. for me, what that looked like was like figuring out a way to forgive this man mm. and having no idea how to do that because forgiveness is not something you just call out of the air and then suddenly you've forgiven. At least that's not been my experience with it. I think it's one of the more challenging mandates of love. But what I did was I started to, as much as I could, imagine what it might be like to be in his shoes to empathize with him and i didn't know his story or much about his story but i felt like this is a person who feels extremely unloved extremely lost extremely angry extremely confused 
Um, all of those things made a lot of sense to me. If you're going to choose to kill people, you have to feel some version of those things. And then I thought about the violence. And even that violence that for me at the time felt like something I could never relate to, when I got really honest with myself, I had been thinking violent thoughts about him for years. So mm. my mind was absolutely able to connect to the violence as well. Mm. And, and suddenly, Filippo, it wasn't that I was just looking at him as a killer. Suddenly, I was looking at him as another human being. I was connecting to his humanity beyond the action, beyond the horrible action. I saw him as a human being who has lived no, no doubt an extraordinarily traumatic life that led him to do what he did. And my heart started to open more and more. And I found myself when I was thinking about him that what was coming through was love for this man like genuine wow. empathy, genuine compassion. Wow. And then I realized I have forgiven him. And what that looks like for me, like how I can explain that was like, my connection to him felt like this toxic tether. Like we were connected by this cord and this cord was poisonous. And every time I was this cord was charging inside of me, this tightness in my chest and this hateful feeling throughout my body that was both a physical and emotional sensation. And once I got to that place of forgiveness with him, it was like that cord was cut entirely. And, and all I was able to feel then was love. And for me, that has been one of the greatest <sighs> gifts of my life to really be shown that there is nothing love is not capable of healing if you give your willingness and commitment to it and your belief in it. And though we can't choose forgiveness, like that isn't something I feel like I can choose out of the sky. We absolutely can choose empathy because empathy is just deciding in any given moment to imagine what it might be like to walk in another person's shoes and to open your heart to that experience. And the moment we do that, the moment we, we will start to find compassion and connect with that person from an extremely different place than the place that our mind wants to take us. Wow. Wow, Scott, more power to you. And what a gift in your sharing that. And some of that is in the book, Big Love, which we, of course, are talking about, authored by our guest, Scott Stabile. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Scott about uh, his new book, Enough As You Are. Whew. Okay, so after that, we will have our Ask Dorothy segment, and then we will be joined by... Uh, another friend, Rita Monte, as our performance art guest, who will be reciting her poetry, all on the Life Changes Online edition, right after this. Want to connect with amazing people who are committed to making a difference? From the Heart Tribe is a platform, community, and movement with the purpose of bringing like-minded humans together to help animals and the environment in order to gain a stronger connection and understanding of the world around us. They're dedicated to effectuating positive change by empowering individuals to organize meaningful and engaging experiences that build compassion for animals and the natural environment. Their founders' and members' passion is to inspire others to actively get involved in their homes, their communities, and the world, to raise awareness about the issues we face, and most of all, to be part of the solution. Through their efforts, they have also accomplished some amazing and tangible achievements. 
Their pickup for Paradise beach cleanups have collected over 50,000 pieces of foreign debris. And also, thanks to animal rescue and recovery volunteers, over 30% of the volunteers have become vegan or reduced their meat intake. Daily habits make a big difference. Please join any of their upcoming events by going to FTHT.org and signing up for their newsletter. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at From the Heart Tribe. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All Phi Beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi meditation. Phi meditation helps you harness the power of I am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi beads at phibeads.com. That's Phi, P-H-I, beads.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on the Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back, and boy, what a conversation are we having with our interview guest. Passionate love advocate, workshop leader, author of Enough As You Are and Big Love, Scott Stabile. So, Scott, we're going to talk now about Enough As You Are, your latest book, and uh, tell us a little bit about it before I tell you, well, I'll tell you now what I did with it. So, <laughs> okay. I, I love books like this where or you could, like, like, ask a question or feel in the moment or just open to a page and say, what do I need to hear right now? What do I need to learn? So just so you know, I did that before the show of the three sections. So I was going to ask you for your quick take on each of the ones. But before I do that, uh, why this book and why now? Well, I love that you you're using the book that way, because that was my hope that a lot of people would. And I know it's how a lot of people are. Um, it's it's all short prose, really. So every page is its own, you know, little jolt of wisdom, if you see it as wise or inspiration, you know, or love or cheerleading. And the book is really centered in self-love and self-acceptance. That's kind of the through line and i just see it as the starting point for everything right like how we relate to ourselves informs how we relate to everyone else and to everything else and to our planet in general which is why much of the work i do in the writing and the workshops are built around self-love and deepening and strengthening the relationship we have with ourselves and understanding that it's never too late to do so you know, that's what I, I, I felt to say in the beginning that I forgot by the time I was done talking <laughs> was that no, <laughs> no matter what your experience has been in life, 
And no matter where it's taken you to this point, even if where it's taken you is to a place of self-loathing or mistrust or whatever that might be, it is never too late to create for yourself a different relationship with who you are, with what you're doing, with the life you're living. Mm. And, and for me, that's incredibly exciting. It's just really understanding that it is always what we do from this moment on that will matter the most. And we're always given this moment in every moment. So I, I get really excited by the possibility that lives in that understanding. And for me, this book is, it has a, a lot of different reminders. The first section is called, is you, and all of the, the pieces are written in the second person to you. And the energy of that section is a bit more cheerleading, you know, like you can do it and you're worthy and you're enough. And then the me section is next. And that's a bit more self-reflective though. It's, you know, it's all I statements, though. I feel like they're statements that anyone can relate to. And that's, that gets a little more in the weeds with, aspects of myself that I actually really struggle with, things about my personality that I don't particularly like, and that it is possible to live in that place while also showing love for yourself, right? Like I might not like the fact that I my mind is wildly envious, but I've, I've lived a life of shaming myself for that aspect, and I've never created any sort of peace or healing from that. So now my practice is loving myself, even the envy, even the thing I don't particularly like that is uncomfortable to feel, even that is a part of this human experience. And instead of resisting it or rejecting it or denying it, why not simply make space for it? And, and by doing so, I find that it controls me a lot less than it used to. And then mm. the last section of the book is called Us. And that's, you know, the energy of a call to action. It's like, look at this world that we're creating versus the world that we want to be creating. Mm. And how can we take responsibility for how we're showing up within it and nudge ourselves consistently back into our hearts? Mm. Mm. By the way, I want to bring your attention to something you just said. And I'm, I wrote it down. You might've heard me typing because I think that's a great quote. I've never heard it like this. We're always given this moment in every moment. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard that that way. That's a, that's yet another Scott. Studio Probably because quote. it's not as deep as you're thinking it is right oh, now. Oh no, but it can be. No. no, I know that. That's you know what? That's just me being self-effacing anyway. I yeah, and I should also too. say so. That was the other interesting thing in in Big Love. You not only talk about what happened to you and what others did to you, but what you've done, and uh, it, it, and and that was uh, quite impressive. And and how you're working with that as well. But back to back to the current book. Uh, I you know interestingly enough coincidentally, quote unquote, I thought, okay, I'm going to choose one. And then I chose one. And I thought, yeah, but there's got to be, I think we need another. So I chose another. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll just choose three. I chose three. And then, and then I looked at the table of contents and I saw, oh, you, me, us, I should have chosen one from each section. I went back to look and I had. <laughs> oh wow what nice. a coincidence isn't that yeah, awesome so the first that one is awesome was from page 41 
Go ahead, tell us what that is. No, I'm just kidding. There, no, I have my book right here. <laughs> oh, you, know you do? Okay. <laughs> you know why I do? Because what I was going to ask you to do, if there was time, and I'm so glad you're doing it, is I love when, when I did my book reading here in Detroit, the whole time I just said to the crowd, feel into a number that oh. you feel called to say and announce it, and then I read that page. So I was going to ask you to do that. There it is. Welcome. Yeah, so you page said 41. 41. You go ahead, yeah. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. There's a time to compromise and a time to say no more. Doing either from an honest place feels exactly the same, like freedom. Any more you want to say that resonate about that? It's for just you? so awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't thinking of me. I was thinking of us in the show and the audience, uh, mainly the audience. But, um, but yeah, I think that could resonate for all of us, especially the third one. But before we go there, anything more you want to say there? <laughs> no, I think, it, you know, for me, that's just, that's just speaking to, we can do the exact opposite things. And if they're coming from a place of authenticity, from a nice. place of truth, then it's going to feel like freedom. Yeah. Right. Or, and, yeah. and, and it, at the same time, we could choose those things from a place of conditioning and it's going to feel wholly restricted and untrue. Right. So it's really about the energy with which we're giving our actions or taking our actions more so than the actions we're taking. Nice. Okay. Page 117. This 117. is in the uh, me section. Okay. Let's see. Oh, another short one. My fear whispered to me, I am just trying to protect you. I whispered back, I know, and I'm stronger than you think. Yeah, when I, when I read, yeah, it is. And yet I thought, oh, am I stronger than my fear thinks? <laughs> I'd like to think so. And I'll, I'll take it. I'll work with this. Thank you. You know, the, for me, the, the more powerful state, the, I would say the, the essential statement in that for me is I am just trying to protect you because I think we go to yeah. war with our fear so often and forget that all our fear is ever trying to do is to keep us safe and to protect us. And when I learned that, when I really understood that, I stopped seeing my fear as this bullying tyrant and I started to see it as a friend, albeit a like wildly overprotective and insane friend, you know, mm -hmm. to which I had to bring my own emotional intelligence, but I was no longer making it an enemy. And anytime we create friendship with any aspect of who we are, we're going to create more peace in our being. And mm -hmm. conversely, anytime we go to war with any aspect of who we are, we're going to create more chaos in our being. Nicely said. Very good. Okay. So in the us section, Page 176, and while Scott's looking that up, I just have to mention that his books are available everywhere. Books are sold, and you can go to scottstabile.com, and I will spell that Scott, and then Stabile is S-T-A-B-I-L-E, scottstabile.com. He's got a Substack. He's got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube channel. You could go to the Life Changes page for our episode 771 with Scott Stabile, and you can find all his links there, but they're also on his website, and there he'll also learn about his workshops and and more in just a moment he'll tell us after he reads page 178 oh 178 okay. oh i'm sorry cool. what did i say i thought you said 176 you but know I, what? I like 
I like 178 too. <laughs> oh, is 176, but we've been friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that the one I meant. Okay. Okay. But we've been friends for 20 years is not a good reason to stay in an unhealthy friendship. Wow. Just be just because we've shared a past with someone doesn't mean we need to share the present with them too. So powerful. Never thought of it that way. Not in no. those words. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, right? Again, that's like, that's another aspect of conditioning where we're just like, we learn all of these ways of being that are so in conflict with just being an honest, free human, <laughs> right? Like we, we, we continuously put ourselves in our bo in boxes in the way we relate to others, in the w things we do. And it is incredibly liberating, as I know you know, Filippo, to just step outside of that box as often as you can and continue to ask yourself, what feels most true for me in this moment? Can I find the courage to express myself with, in alignment with that? And just see what, what gifts come into your life, what new connections you make from that place, what possibilities you create when you're honoring your authenticity more than your conditioning. Mm. Oh, there's another quote, but I won't write it down because you'll probably say it wasn't as deep <laughs> I'm as I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Scott, is there any so Scottstabile.com, S-T-A-B-I-L-E.com. Uh, we have a minute and thirty-two and a half seconds. Is there anything you want to share? Workshops, what do you do one-on-ones? Uh speaking yeah, I'm engagements. Open to I'm open to one-on-ones in the, I do them in a, in a limited way, but open to them. I have a Bali retreat coming up in May of this year with my dear friend, David Gandelman. It's going to be meditation, breath work, and using writing as a tool for self-reflection. Come to Bali if you can. Nice. Um, yeah. And I guide breath work online uh, weekly. If you want to try out transformational breath work, it's a, it will blow your mind. Oh, um, you're, you're a kind of a fan of breath work, aren't you? I'm a huge fan of breath work. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I, uh, the last thing I really want to say just to everyone listening is really, I hope you, you know that your worth is inherent. It is not predicated on anything you've done or how you look or how cool your kids are or any of those things. Those are all beautiful if they add more meaning to your life, but they have nothing to do with your worth. You are a worthy human being because you were born that way. You will die that way and never truly, truly, as much as possible, try not to doubt that you really are enough, just as you are in this moment and always. And when you can live your life from that understanding, your life is going to change. Mm. Scott, this happens to be our first episode, live episode of 2024. So what a beautiful message to kick off uh, the year with. Thank you so much from big love to enough as you are. You've got it going on and thank you for sharing it and looking forward to more of your sharing. Oh, thank you so much, brother. This has been a delight. Likewise, right back at you. All the best until the next time we connect again. Sounds good. Scott Stabile. Thank you. And with that, we have our Ask Dorothy segment. Dear Dorothy, this is Mona, and I'm so sad to know that our mutual friend, Kara Dillon, died of a heart attack on Thanksgiving Day. I'm devastated by her passing and cannot stop grieving. I know you are very close to her also and wonder how you are dealing with her death. Please help me find a way to stop crying. Dear Mona, Kara is such an amazing soul, and I know that she would want you to do what I've been doing, 
since her death. Instead of crying, I talked to her soul and thank her for all the great times we shared. Our souls never die, and we can continue to communicate with those who have left this earth. I simply connect with my higher self and ask to connect with hers, and I feel her beautiful presence instantly. I then choose to thank her for our amazing conversations and thank her for the fun times we shared. I believe that the best thing we can do for ourselves and the ones who have passed is to celebrate their lives and be grateful for the awesome gifts our friendships gave us. I lovingly suggest that you do your best to celebrate your time with her and know that she is only a thought away. And, dear Mona, let's remember that moments like these are a good reminder to cherish the friendships that we have and make sure that we enjoy them as much as possible while we are still here. And, dear friend, please feel free to give me a call and we can share our best memories of our wonderful friend, Kara. Thank you, Dorothy, and I cherish yours and Filippo's friendship. Mm. And if you have a question for Dorothy, please write her at AskDorothy at LifeChangesShow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance art guest, Rita Monte, here on the Life Changes Show Online Edition, right after this. The Little Dog That Could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life, love, and healing beyond his human understanding. Best-selling author, Filippo Voltaggio, who currently hosts the highly regarded Life Changes show, is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com. There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jumpstart, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within. Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com. You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com. 
and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show. We're back, and our performance art guest is a dear, dear friend of mine. She is an award-winning poet and radio host herself of Profumi d'Italia. Welcome, Rita Monte, to the Life Changes Show. Hello, Filippo. Ciao, Rita. How are you, Filippo? <laughs> oh, I am well. Actually, uh, I, I am sitting here on the studio. I have a beautiful ornament that has your face and mine together and be at the back it says filippo love rita 2023 mm. thank you for that you're ornament welcome. you're it's welcome beautiful. my friend and you're beautiful uh, i want to say hello to all your listeners i was in, enjoying the show immensely um and we know what i did while i was listening right. i ordered the book ah. Big book. yes <laughs> I ordered Big Love. My daughter-in-law actually works for Barnes & Noble. Oh, perfect. So the power of living with uh, a wide open heart. What a beautiful, with Scott Stabile. <laughs> yes, as one would say in Italian. That's right. I don't know that we mentioned he's Italian-American. And you yes. are Italian from Italy. See, see, and you... I was born in Italy. You have a beautiful Italian radio show that I've had the pleasure to be on many times with, uh, by myself and with many of our friends. Yes, yes. So we're reversing the role right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You interviewed me about, uh, well, many times about singing, but once about uh, the Little Dog That Could book. Yes, definitely. Yes. I love that book as well. Well, speaking of reversing the roles, actually, I, I know you're going to read some poetry, uh, of your poetry, but before you do, and speaking of friendship, I hope it's okay to do this, because what I also have sitting here in front of me is a beautiful poem that was written by a dear, 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 dear friend of yours, and a friend of mine, an acquaintance mm -hmm. of mine, uh, you know exactly who I'm talking yes. about, yes. Roma Marks. Yes. <laughs> and she wrote this in 2004, and this is uh, many, many years before she just passed a few months ago. So when yes. I saw this, I thought, I have to read this to Rita. Oh. May I? Yes, yes. So this is from her. Ode to Rita. Oh, Rita, with your soul sublime, dear sister from a bygone time. We share a love for song and art and poems written from the heart. We know true friendship never dies, but sings eternal through the skies. I praise thee, dearest friend, with love and pray for blessings from above. May God's sunlight always shine upon our friendship, yours and mine. Poem dedicated to Rita Monte, kindred soul and loving friend. That means something entirely different now, doesn't it? Yes. Thank you for reading that, Filippo. Thank you so much. I'm very <sighs> bold that you did that, that you read that. I didn't expect that because friendship is just so important, right? Like our friendship. We used to see each other once a year. We see each other once a year at the Sergio Franchi scholarship, but we connected from the first day you and i and that, that's right we have actually eva frankie to 
to uh, to thank for that. As a matter of fact, uh, that's how you and uh, your friend Roma met, right? Yes, through that exactly. same event. Sometimes we just never know. All these years later, and all these years later, actually, uh, I have to say, I have, I'm looking at pages and pages and printouts and things that you have been sharing your poetry far and wide. And I, I, I had no idea for the longest time. Before we get into that, though, I'd love for you to share a piece. And and you know what? Uh, I, I know this isn't the order that you were thinking, but mm-hmm. I think, again, with this being our first uh, live show of 2024, I think it would be beautiful if you start with reciting one of your poems in Italian, Laurora, and then in English. How's that? Yes. So here's Rita Monte. Yes, exactly. Here's Rita Monte and her poem, Laurora. Laurora. Il nuovo di si veste di rosso, di bronzo, di rosa. Sfogge il suo manto dorato sulla terra. Eccola che arriva. Ecco l'aurora. And in English, you know, Filippo poetry is very hard to translate. Mm-hmm. So I try to change some of the words. So in English, dawn. A new day. Red, bronze, clad skies. Displaying its golden mantle upon the earth. Here it is. Here it comes. It is dawn. Thank you for that. And so here it is. And and one of the exciting things, I know poetry used to be important and popular and uh, an art form that was very celebrated. And until you and and a couple other people in my life really brought it back, because I I love poetry and I used to write myself, it's actually flourishing and potentially having a comeback, especially where you are. Tell us about that. Yes, in Long Island, I joined many poetry groups. I've I've always written. I wrote my first poem when I came from Italy. I was 12 years old and I missed my country so much of course, and that was my first poem called Italia, Italy, and then um, went on and on. But then in Long Island, I joined uh, several poetry groups, open mic, and I was not aware what a large, uh, broad Italian, uh, excuse me, uh, poetry community there was in Long Island that I could go to a poetry reading every single day or a workshop or an open mic. Every single day, there's always a poetry something here in Long Island. As a matter of fact, we have uh, our poet laureate right now, which I want to give a little shout out because she posted this evening uh, this interview. Her name is Paula Curci. She is the poet laureate of Nassau County right now. And she will reign for two years, which is a great honor. I understand you had a shot at that, but your life is so busy as it is with everything else that you're doing. But uh, and and so speaking of of poet uh, poet laureates and and poetry readings, 
I, I've heard of like eight mile runs or marathons and, but mm -hmm. I, you have a, this is interesting. <laughs> a 24 hour poetry. Mar what? Yes. It's called the 24 hour marathon. So what you do, uh, you sit on the computer and for 24 hours, you don't sleep. Of course, uh, you get a prompt and you write a poem. Every hour you write a poem until you finish 24 poems. They give you a prompt. They give you uh, an idea, you know, like um, California, here I come or something like that. And you have to write about it uh, and then you submit it. And then at the end, you will be have 24 poems. Some people do it 12 hours. They do half because they can't stay awake, I guess. Or they're not drinking enough coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Did you so, do the 24 hours? I have done half. Okay. I've done the half, <laughs> but I will try to do it. I want to do the full, the full. Because Working when you, yourself up to it, huh? Yeah, because then <laughs> you have created a chapbook when you finish with that, those poems, basically. You know, yeah. I love this. We could, I could see, you know, all we need is a TV show on this and then poetry yeah. would, would be more, uh, more popular. And, and let's hear, uh, another poetry because I know that your poems, as you said, when you first came from Italy as a child, uh, you were starting to write poetry as a, as a remedy in a sense. And, uh, for for the sadness you were feeling for your home country, and now you're so American, you're so New York, <laughs> Americana, uh, Americana, <laughs> Americana. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I know you're still very Italian, and you have uh, you, you continue to write as a remedy, not just for yourself but for other people. This poem by Rita Monte that she's going to recite now is actually called the remedy. Yes, the remedy. Through my poetry, my inspiration, my creativity, I find balance, serenity, happiness, peace, joy, health. It is the remedy, the medicine no doctor can heal. My inner voice is a gift. It nourishes. It flows like a river in flood. It is sunshine that mends the soul. It is a journey, a change, a beacon of light, of hope, of cleansing of the spirit. I am blessed to be able to give, share my words from the heart and soul, and bring comfort, courage, and positive, positive energy to all. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Rita. Actually, uh, while we're on a roll here, you wrote something for your brother upon his passing. Mm. Would you share okay. that with us, please? Filippo, before we go with the poem, I just want to say something. Yes. Uh, the, the, the guest that you had before, Scott Stabile. Yeah. Um, Stabile. <laughs> Stabile, I'm sorry. That poem was dedicated Stabile. Okay, you want me to say it wrong? <laughs> you want me to mispronounce my Italian? Okay, I'll do it just for you. because it's, it's for him. He's asked us it's to for do him. it. 
So the remedy is also, I want to dedicate it to Scott as well. Mm -hmm. Because through our writing, we have healed, it seems like, right? Mm. Expressing and getting it out there gives you, you know, that's what I wrote at the end. No doctor can heal, but the writing can. Mm. I would just wanted to add that quickly. Yes, thank you. Yes. So the poem that I wrote for my brother, <clears throat> my brother passed away suddenly. I was very close to my brother. But I want to dedicate this poem for the people that are no longer here. Uh, sometimes when they pass, we want a sign, right? We say, give me a sign. I want to know, are you happy where you are right now? So that's what I did with my brother when he passed away. But I wasn't getting any signs. And it was making me very sad. And then one day I did see a sign. And I, because I kept asking him, where are you, Marino? My brother's name was Marino. But everybody can relate with this. And I said to him, where are you? And then one day, the poem is what he answered me. It's the answer. So it's him speaking to me. When the sun comes up, and the first light appears, it is I greeting the brand, greeting the brand new day. When the rain falls upon your cheeks, it is I that will dry it away with rays of sunshine. When the wind blows your locks in this array, it will be me who will brush them gently, smoothly. When the hot sun warms your body, it will be me who will send the soft breezes of the wind. When the snowflakes begin to fall, it will be me that will warm your body, your heart. When the rivers of your soul run wild, it will be me who will placate them. You think I'm gone, but I'm still here. I will be with you, for when the sun hides behind the clouds, To when the rainbow will will reappear, I will live in the quietness of your heart today, tomorrow, forever. Wow, what more sign? What big sign? Well, well, Rita, I want to share with everybody that they can hear you every week Thursday nights, right? Uh, New York time yes. on Profumi d'Italia. It's seven o'clock uh, your time? It's five, five to seven New York yeah. time, which okay. is three hours back for you. Right. Uh, right? So, uh, but people can go to, we have the links, but your Instagram page is Profumi d'Italia. Uh, tell us what that is. So Profumi d'Italia means essence of Italy. I don't sell perfume. I mean, <laughs> you want the, the special on Chanel number no. five. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, it's profumi in the plural means essence. Profumo mm. means a perfume, but the essence of Italy. So every Thursday, I tell my listeners, I take them on a virtual trip to Italy for two hours with music, culture. I take them on a gondola ride to Venice or the southern shores of Sicily, or in a museum in Florence. 
So there, it doesn't cost them a penny to <laughs> hop on Profumi d'Italia on Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. And you have beautiful music from yesteryear and today and some yes. great interviews with the Italian-American authors sometimes. Yes, and sometimes Filippo Voltaggio. Do you know that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to be on again. In the meantime, we have one more poem that we get to hear. And, and this one's very special, actually, uh, uh, for many reasons. Uh, number one is that those of us who know and love you and, and those of us who get to enjoy you in the many things that you do are grateful that you are here amongst us because I know you have been through quite a lot health-wise and you, you're here. And thank you for I'm being here. I'm here for here. a reason. I always say God has kept me here for a reason. So I, I remember through the years of, of some of the trauma and uh, that you, you, how, what you, what did you used to say to me? Both of us with tears in our eyes, you said, uh, I don't remember the exact words as we fumbled through it, but something about we got to be positive or something. Yes. And you told me at the time you were praying to whom? So I was praying to Saint Padre Pio which he was not a saint. He yet. wasn't a saint at the time, right, he, right. He was not a saint, and he was proclaimed a saint in uh, 2001, I think, 2003, maybe 2003. Uh, yeah, so Padre, uh, a, a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, know who Saint Padre Pio is, but I wrote a poem, and the poem is called You Were There. And in parentheses, I have St. Padre Pio, but this poem could be for anybody mm. that you believe in, your God, your parents, your mother, your father, your sister, right? Mm -hmm. But to me, in my heart, it was, it is for St. Padre Pio. Well, here's Rita Monte reciting her poem, And You Were There. You were there since that day. I saw your face, smelled the roses, and you were there. At night, the nightmare persisted, but you were there. The pain was intense, the treatments grueling, but you were there. The road was tough, the pebbles rough, but you were there. The deep forest was dark and gloomy, but you were there. Through the branches, I saw a glimmer of light, and you were there. I found the way through the thick fronds, and you were there. How did I endure it all? I wonder today, all because you were there. I thank you each and every day for the gift of life that you gave me. I'm blessed and glad that you were there. Mm. Thank you, Rita. And I'm blessed and glad, as we all are, I'm sure, that you are here and have been here with us today. Again, I'm Arita... back at you, Felipe. <laughs> the same. Ditto. <laughs> 
Again, everybody, thank you. Grazie. Everybody can hear Rita Monte on her beautiful show, Profumi d'Italia. And she's on WHPC Radio, but she's also on uh, blogs and podcasts and all kinds of stuff. So find her links at the Life Changes Show page for Rita Monte on Instagram, etc. Rita, what a pleasure. I can't wait to connect My with you pleasure. again. Thank you for having me. And it was a great honor, really. I enjoyed it very, very much. Thank you, oh. Filippo. We've wanted this for years, come to think of it, and it's finally yes. here. That means yes, this year all the good things are going to happen. We started the right way, but I have to compliment <laughs> you because I love, love your show. It's just so soothing. It's, oh. uh, I did the meditation at the beginning, oh. and I was, sitting, I was sitting here with my husband, and he was doing it with me. Oh. So thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you for that. Hello to your husband from me and uh, and your son and daughter-in-law. And yes. uh, just this has been this this just show is already it's going to go down as one of my favorites. So thank you, Rita Monte, our our uh, performance art guest. And a big thank you once again to Scott Stabile. Our yes. interview guest. And everyone, that is our show. On behalf of our uh, executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue, and our executive producer and co host, Mark Leisure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, saying Happy New Year. And as your life changes like it surely did for all of us tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes. <laughs>